Let's get this. Ne- let's get this tape. No, we'll keep that tape. Yeah. When I started writing the first song about Blade, the other songs just wrote themselves. I was really was on a roll because I had these feelings, I had these words floating around in me. You write a song, you have to remember how you felt. You have to remember what the weather was like. You have to remember what his neck smelled like. You have to remember all of it. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tracklist Podcast Show. I'm Darren Jenkins. I'm Chris Saunders. And on today's show, we are doing the 2015 uh, music doc, um, Amy, which uh, chronicles the life and performances and of the one and only Amy Winehouse, directed by Asif Kapadia. Um, couldn't find a box office for this, but the budget was $3.4 million. Um, oh, I I found it twenty three point seven million. Oh, okay. Box office. I, All right. Again, we're just googling here, so we don't know if this is accurate. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. um yeah. Uh. This got looks like seven point eight on IMDb, ninety five percent from the critics, Rotten Tomatoes, eighty seven percent from the audience, That's and won the best documentary feature at the twenty sixteen Oscars. Um, I'm, 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 yeah. No, this was, um, I mean, I, I told you, I, I recently watched the uh, Wham documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not even close to that. I mean, this, this is all, this was, this was some serious shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's funny you use the term serious because on one of our last podcasts, you said, let's do something serious. And this is definitely <laughs> that. Um, Amy Winehouse is part of the infamous 27 Club. You know, a lot of these famous musicians who passed away at 27, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison. We did The Doors. The other, we've done The Doors on the show as well. Um, yep. But The Doors is a biopic. This is a documentary. Um, so we're, I mean, listen, the filmmakers can take what information they want (laughs) and there is, there is some conversation about the accuracy or, you know, how, what light this, this uh, information in her life was put in, but uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. I will say right up front before we start that we are going to talk about this, this film. Um, we're not here to critique Amy's life, per se. I mean, it's kind of hard to not do one without the other in this movie. But um, I can tell you, I didn't really listen to her um, early on. I didn't really discover her until, like, her music until I was listening to a Dave Chappelle podcast called Midnight Hour. And um, on there, um, Most Deaf talks about the night he that Amy shows up at his hotel room and ends up doing drugs um, there. And his reasoning for, um, you know, kind of like talking about how uh, it was better. For, he he could have turned her away. But he felt like it was 
a better thing for her to be there with him just in case she overdoses versus turning her away and her doing it somewhere where, you know, she could be unsafe. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've dealt with anyone that close to me that's dealt with addiction. Um, so, like, mm. I, I'm not, I am not in any position to, you know, have this conversation in detail. And, you know, from yep. the outside perspective, looking in, you're always like, you know, it, it, just, it looks difficult, right? You had some of her family and friends who were just like, if you don't stop this, you know, you know, I don't want to hang out with you. Like, one of her friends says that in this documentary. Right. Um, right. And it's funny. It's funny we're talking about this now because I just watched. Um, I don't know if you know Kurt Angle, uh, Olympic gold medalist, uh, yeah. performed at the WWE. He actually uh, his he, well, he had his own addiction problems with prescription pills, but his sister had uh, addiction issues with um, heroin, and mm. she passed away. She overdosed. Um, but before that happened, like he gave her an ultimatum, a couple of ultimatums. But the last one is if you don't quit this. I'm not going to talk to you. He didn't talk to her and she died while they weren't talking. Right. So, right. There's mm. that balance between trying to do what's best with them, this intervention and these ultimatums versus like being there for the person physically. So like most Steph says, they don't overdose. So, and so I don't, I don't know. You just hear these stories and I, I, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation either. Yeah. It is a difficult situation. And, um, but I guess, you know, if we want to start from the beginning of, you know, this whole thing, her, if you listen closely in this movie, in the, during this movie, at various parts during this movie, she tell she literally tells people when she's not happy about something. And it's almost like they totally disregard what she's saying. Mm -hmm. Like and, she, you know. Yeah, but that, that's also, you know, <sighs> And we can talk about this in more detail when we get to it, because it's, it's yep. basically kind of based on what you're saying. But it's like the light in which the, the filmmakers presented this information, you know, clearly editing is done. Like, to what yep. extent? I, I don't know. There's not a lot of trivia on IMDb. There's three items on IMDb. So, right. um, so you know, who knows? I, I'm sure there's a book out there um, that yeah, we there read is. before this. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, going like you said, going back to the beginning, like you know, they just start out with all this, not even home footage. I mean, this is what? How, how old was she? She was sixteen when they start showing us this footage. I don't know what year that is. Probably early two thousands, maybe. Or well, if you figure out when know. she, like, what year she passed away, and then subtract eleven years, you can figure out like whatever that was. So. Uh, I don't like math. I really don't like math. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if this is like uh, if, the, if this, this this person filming in the beginning is using a, a camcorder or like their phone. I'm just trying to figure out. Oh, you can at. see it. Um, there's a scene was one scene where they kind of move past a mirror. It's a hand. It's a one of those oh, okay, handy, so, handy cams. Okay, so all right, so that there we go. That's that's the stage. It's probably the '90s um, when we have this yep. younger footage of her, um, and this will all be answered once we figure out when she won her Grammys and stuff. Anyway. Um, yeah. And so like, I was, I'm just sitting here thinking like, I don't have any for like this to me, sounds like way ahead of the times for like documenting mm. people's lives. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, There's a doing, lot of stuff. I mean, it's more fun, right? It's more kids just messing around. Like, cause it's, it's really, to be honest, like quite boring, the footage. Right. <laughs> They're just mm. talking. I, I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, if me and my friends 
filmed this shit, it would be a lot more entertaining <laughs> when we were that age. Um, but it's cool to see, like, you know, the younger stuff, like, kind of get an idea of the, the type of person she was. Yeah. Um, and it, so to that extent, it's really cool. I will say the way she explains how it just sounds really easy how she got connected into the, to the, the industry. Yeah, it was really quick, right? It's just like, I guess her, her friend, Nick, like was this aspiring, I don't know, music agent. And like, he somehow knew some people and like, I don't know. It seemed really easy and made me very envious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know what it sounded like? It sounded a lot like, um, there's some similarities to Elvis. There's some similarities there to like Elvis um, when he starts out as well, like where he he kind of just falls ass backwards into like opportunities. Dude, I don't even like I. Well, we watched the biopic, not the documentary, but I don't even remember. I remember not liking the, the movie, uh, it being pretty cartoonish. <laughs> but I don't even remember the story. Um, I I'm trying to remember. Uh, Tom Hanks's character, the manager, I I just remember like, he discovers him in some way. I just don't he, remember. He discovers him because because the the music act that he was representing, some cowboy dude, uh, when not his assistant came from town and had a flyer for some performances, and they were talking about. And he goes, "Oh yeah, this young guy. He's he's doing this." Da, 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 yeah. And he stops and turns, and he's just like heads into town. He, he's like, "Oh, gotta go go into town see what this young kid's like." And I he mean, hears him, and then there you go. But you're all you know you're talking about what the '60s or I don't know, go back to the '50s, and then this is you know, based in the '90s and like early 2000s, right? Like very different times, especially with yeah. the music industry. I mean, even now, comparing like the early 2000s to now, it's completely different right so yeah i'm just sitting here like how like one of the guys um a guy moot funny his name is guy guy moot from sony says someone handed me a cd with two songs on it and and like that was it when's the last time first of all cd that tells you that tells you it's the 90s when's the last time yeah. you heard a story like that like someone just made a demo tape and somehow got it to a a student, a, a, an exec. Oh, uh, not recently. No. Nah. So this to me, I don't know. I'm perplexed. Can we go back to those days, please? I got plenty of demos. Yeah, I don't know if um, you want to go back to those days, dude. <laughs> the good old days. We all like the good old days, don't we? Um, yeah. So uh, one thing I thought was cool was like she she likes to sing, but she, she never wrote. She talks about someone asking her like how she like to write music, right. um, but she did write poetry. So that kind of, I'm just like, you know, seeing parallels of me, like back in middle school, I used to write poetry yep. for yep. no one else, but myself <laughs> like that. I mm. wrote it. It was like, wrote it, put in a folder. Nobody's allowed to look at it. Um, so that was a cool, um, I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, I, I would assume yeah. I would, I would say most, people that write most writers will consider themselves poets as well. Right. It's just yeah. it's music. So yeah. I, I that Story, was cool though. Storytellers with music, you know? Yeah. So um, it really kind of showed how much she loved music too. Like, like there's this, the, the, 
when they're shooting her at, I guess they must be on the birthday party or something. And she starts to sing. <laughs> and I'm just like sitting there going, like she's, she's just playing, she's just fucking around. And <laughs> the, 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 the ease at which the notes come out of her mouth are ridiculous. And I'm just like, uh, okay, okay. I, I, I had a different thought. I, I thought, man, the showboat right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there was other stuff. Um, was it Nick's birthday? I think it was the the guy's birthday yeah, that she yeah. was singing for, and, and he talks about um, just uh, talking about how Amy makes you feel important, then immediately makes you feel not important. Um, and she likes to say things for shock value. I, I thought it was cool that he said that, but I'm not sure if we saw that in the videos. They yeah, were I, I was going to say that I, too. I'm like, I didn't I, see that. Yeah, I, I felt I just like, I mean, when he's saying that, there's like, they're like in a taxi, and she's like, she says something about him, like positive. Right, so I get it, like making him feel important. Then she says, like, "Oh, yeah, she I, says I, she I, likes I, his I, legs." His legs, and then she's like, "I don't like his hair. I don't like your hair." Right, right. I get like, okay, making me feel important, or essentially just making me feel good and make me feel shitty. I don't see what the shock value in that was. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not sure how that. Yeah, but again, right, like, do they have footage to go along with this? I mean, I'll take his word for it. I guess, right? He was one of the good friends. Yeah, um, I mean, but yeah, I, the person I saw in this movie was. Not as not a manipulative person. It seems more like she was the one being manipulated on by yeah. a few different individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and and well, we'll get to that. But I I also was thinking that I have notes before we even get to that part in the, in the movie. Yeah, in the film, like where they really start digging into it, digging into and identifying instances. I was like, wait a minute, this guy said what? You know, all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, for me, she just seemed more. Um, but, well, it's tough, right? She does discuss depression. Um, but she's like yeah. disinterested, is the word I would use. <laughs> like, she just seems, yeah, a lot of times, like just disinterested in, like, unless she feels like being interested, she's just like, all right, well, whatever, man. Like, you say that in some of the interviews, she's just like, I don't care what you're saying right now. And is that, and it, it, like, is that just, a teenager. I mean, just <laughs> literally. You know, I mean, it's rare to find a teenager who cares about like lots of things. Usually, they're kind of just like, eh, you know, whatever. They they like lose interest in things quickly. Type yeah. thing, you know. Um, man, that you're asking a question like it's too long ago for me to really think it back <laughs> to my experience. But yeah, I mean, yes and no, right? Like you also see times when she's. It's if she feels like it, right? Like there's times when she's yeah. very passionate about something, she's interested in it. Um, she talks about, which I loved her her commentary on like uh, contemporary music. Um, mm. When she was growing up, she says, "This isn't music. This is it's watered down. It's just crap that has that's been written for you, right?" Like, yep. Essentially, that that produced music and like not really being songwriters and like that she references like songwriters like James Taylor and Carol King, who she grew up with. Right. So she's yeah. can be interested and passionate when it's something she's interested in. But like, you know, I mean, and you can say this for any artist um, you see in the public eye these days, they're like, Oh, we're going to talk about music and my songwriting process. Absolutely. You want to talk about what I wore on the red carpet? I don't like, shut yeah. up. Like, you know, you yeah. want to talk about my body, like, sh you know, shut the fuck up. Right. So, you know, and you have some like, 
intentionally placed interviews where the, 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 the interviewer is asking just like benign questions. Uh, yeah. And you see it in her face. You know, I would argue that she kind of, she, uh, I mean, in many ways, and, and, we'll, and we'll get into this probably as well. In many ways, she was just ahead of her time. Um, she came around too soon. Like, I feel like, as we'll see, like, like the paparazzi in media back in like the 80s and 90s was brutal, dude. I mean, it's brutal. And, I I can't even watch know. these clips, these scenes where it's just like flashing lights. It's just it's like lightning in your face. It must have been so disturbing to try to have to deal with. Well, especially for someone that. Well, especially for someone that just didn't said she didn't want to be famous. Like she literally right. says that. <laughs> right, right. So it's kind of like she's basically. I mean, if you think about it, and you probably know this because as, as a musician, something you really want to do. I mean, if you love music and whatever, you shouldn't have to pay a price to do it. You know what I mean? But she clearly had to sacrifice a great deal of her person to, you know, or didn't have to, but did, um, you know, it's, I don't know. I just feel like, like after watching this, I felt like, um, I got to know a little bit more about the person, like the person just based on this filmmaker's take on her life. I mean, I was, I, I, I was definitely like angry watching this film. Um, not mm. just because of the paparazzi, but other people in her life that right. referenced. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a country that also, like, the paparazzi essentially killed Princess Diana, right? So, like, right. <laughs> right. I'm not saying we're better in the U.S. I'm just saying, you know, it, it's it's not like this is the first time we've seen this. Um, but, like, actually, taking another step back, um, they really focused early on on her father's infidelity. Uh, and then leaving the family, um, causing causing her some emotional distress. I don't know if you would say that's the basis for her depression that she talks about, but mm. um, didn't help. <laughs> didn't help. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're talking about like depression, father leaving the family, um, and then like this newfound, you know, building career. Um, mm. And I will say, talking about building career. The uh, I heard "Love Is Blind" clip, where she's essentially auditioning for some music folks. Yeah, I would say that would not make me want to sign her. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> that was not my favorite song and, and rendition of a song in this film. Um, but they they gave her a standing ovation. So and who who might to know? Um, but clearly, an amazing songwriter. Um, and yeah. it's really cool to see the progression of her performances. Um, which I have not been able to <laughs> do myself, where she seems yeah. very nervous on stage and like not moving to obviously where we saw her at the peak of her career. Yep. Yeah. Um, like I said, I came to her music very late and um, it was cool to kind of start to put together the lyrics with the person and the situations. Mm -hmm. And which she wrote some of these songs for, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very, I, mean, I mean, just 
dude, it's 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 this amazing balance between like literal and um you know kind of figurative writing where yeah it's saying something very specific but like she's able to use, use these illustrations with her words uh, she's just a very talented songwriter um i can see why hip-hop people love her because there's something similar to her writing where they use this kind of like this they use sto- life stories to kind of tell these the you know the story, but then the, there's rhyming in it that is, you know, just like very unique and very, like I mean, just very, I don't know. I mean, the, you could no. have stripped down the music, and the, the the lyrics could stand on on their own. Well, again, like you just see the poetry. They even show you a book of her poetry when she was growing up and what she was writing. So, like, absolutely, she. I, I would say she's a poet first before a musician. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you talk about the progression. Um, you know, looking, putting the, the words with the person and the stories behind them um, and and her progression. Uh, it's really funny because she, she gets, she's on a radio talk show and like she gets, I think the interviewer references like the production and she gets like so pissed about one of the producers putting strings on her song. Yeah. But, I, but I'm sitting here thinking, you know, knowing her Back to Black album, like that was her, like that was part of the sound that was built, right? Like, so this, she should give this producer credit for like that big album she won a Grammy for, right? I, I just thought it was funny. She was, she got so pissed about it. <laughs> Strings and the production and the horns and everything like that. Just big Motown sixties R and B sound that she had. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're, when you're that young, you get, you, you can, as an artist, you get outraged by, things that later on in your career you're like mm, that's not too bad <laughs> well you know it's funny because like i've had those moments with segnon we all know segnon my producer i've done almost everything with him <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that i've released i've had times where like i've gone to the studio recorded my guitar my vocals whatever um and then a couple of weeks or so later he sends me a recording and i'm just like Wait, what the fuck is that? Wait, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? They're like, and then eventually I'm listening to it more and more. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Okay, okay, I see what happened. I see. Okay, I see what you did. So it's not bad. I, it's not bad. It's okay. She's she, she's not on her own there. Um, I, I had a question <laughs> for you though. Yep. So throughout the film, they uh, while songs are playing, if she's singing, if she's performing, they put the lyrics on the screen yeah. for you. Yeah. Do you think you? They did that because her lyrics are just are so good, or because the way she enunciates is <laughs> really strange. Uh, a little bit of both, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she she does sometimes mumble, or she'll like merge words. In, in, and and you, plus, her accent is very heavy. Yeah, she's well. They, she talks about uh, someone asked her about um, elocution lessons. She's like, yeah, they try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just um, rubs off of me. Yeah, I mean, she she's she's definitely from that part of London. Um, kind of, you know, sounds like Brixton, <laughs> that Brixton Cockney accent. Um, mm-hmm. Where they do, they do even when they speak, pronounce things a weird way, and they have their own words for stuff, like very much based on the Caribbean dialect. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I think it was good they put the lyrics on there because I there was some times where. Either I wasn't going to get it, or I had to wait till the whole sentence was finished to be like, 
Okay, okay, okay. I get what that what you just said. <laughs> it was a good idea too. I mean, it's like uh, I've never, I've not seen a, a docu- um, music documentary that's done that before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 if I have, I can't name it. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, uh, was it the Ivor the two thousand four Ivor's Awards? I don't know how to pronounce yeah. that. Uh, Bobby Womack announces her. <laughs> yeah. Her award. What? Yeah. Bobby Womack. Oh shit. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, she, um, I have like so many, you know, because we have our quote segment of this, but I have a lot of my notes are like intertwined with some of the, some of the quotes from the film. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked about her just love of music um, for the sake of music, like not for success. Like she says, she doesn't want to be yeah. famous. Uh, one thing she said, like, success to me is not success to the recording company. Success to me is to, is to work with whoever I want to. Um, and she does say, the more people see me, the more they'll, they'll recognize that I'm um, all I'm good for is making tunes. Just music. Uh, yeah. This is after uh, uh, the interviewer is like, trying to impose on her the responsibilities of being a public figure. I was just like, all she wants to do is make music, man. Like, why does she have to be this public figure? Yeah. Why does she have? So it's, it's, I mean, it's, and that's our society. You know, yeah, I know that's, that's how yeah. it is. I think that was one moment too. That's like one of the moments I'm kind of pointed out where she's literally telling people, look, I just want to make music. That's all I want to do. I'm not here to be a big superstar. I don't care about all those things. I just love to make music. And I think it's also that she's kind of like the most, like we've seen this story a million times. We've seen this more in music, in, in music, in, bas- in sports, where- Film, TV. In film, TV, where you get this, this megastar who doesn't see themselves as a megastar, is only interested in the art or the craft of, the, of their what they're doing, and then obviously people no no one listens to them. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, no problem, don't worry about it, and, and you know it doesn't it doesn't end well. You know what I mean? So and people I mean, it's very it, rare well, that it wins. Well. Well, so, people that don't listen to them, tell them what to do, right. think they know better, but just essentially a lot of people that just want a piece. Yeah. Um, or people are just willingly willingly ignorant. So, and, and this is a perfect example of that. Um, yeah, on the flip side, like I'm not justifying anybody's actions in this film, but like in her, in her life. But it, on the flip side, you know, you know, she wanted her freedom. She wanted to, and, and this is probably hindsight um, because yeah. I don't know how big the indie scene was at that stage, but she was signed to a label, and like you have to produce, right? Right. She, and she just. Sometimes just didn't want to do shit, right? right? So there's the flip side. Like if she was indie, she, you know, she wouldn't have had the resources, but she would have had control over her time and and uh, and energy. So yeah, that was just one thing. I, I I don't even know how the whole thing works. Like I'm sure she couldn't get out of her contract until she listened, until she produced you know X amount of albums and did X amount of appearances. So well, there was a there's a there's a woman on a. TikTok, who I think I sent it to you. She's like a music manager, and she was talking about this couple, like one of her shows where she's like, um, you know, five things an artist should look out for when they're trying to, you know, when they're trying to, you know, make it an in industry. And one of them was the whole trick behind signing these like five, six, 
six album deals, you know, that, that you get locked into. And um, a lot of times you'll make an album, but they won't release it and it won't count against the five albums that you were supposed to make for them, Mm -hmm. which means you could end up making 10 albums, but only getting credit for five. And then right. it, it, it has to be it has to be what, what they want you to make, right? It can't be what you right. It has to be a certain style, right. a certain genre, you know, most of these days it's pop, right? So it's uh it's a it's a it's dangerous trap a, to get into. It's a hard thing to kind of navigate because you also can't it's hard can't to it's hard to be successful. That. Yeah, it's hard to be successful without those resources. They don't yeah. just provide like production. Like a lot of people can do that themselves now, but they right. do provide marketing, promotion, exposure, opportunities to perform in certain places. So it's, it is, <laughs> yeah, man, they just hold up. They have a, a grip on all this shit. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. I, oh, I, another thing I loved was, um, oh, they, they pan across her literal, like the pages she actually wrote her lyrics on. Like, it's great to have that stuff because you don't see it a lot. Um, yeah in other documentaries, maybe they don't have access to it. Maybe the, you know, the writer just don't, doesn't have any more lost it, burned it, whatever. So this was really cool. Yeah. It was cool to see that. I'm curious about this though, too. I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm curious about, because usually when, a, when um, a, a, like a superstar like her passes away, you know, all of what she owns and all of the rights to all this un- information falls back to someone, you know, family member, husband, whatever. Um, so I'm wondering who I'll tell you ended up who I think it, it is. Because be- whoever did gave permission to kind of go some places with this documentary that a lot of other people probably would have said, nah. Well let's 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 talk about that. Um mm-hmm essentially getting into that, this whole conversation about people in her life. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of the three trivia pieces on IMDb is talking about the immediate family who gave, who were willing to work with the producers and gave them permission to use whatever. Um, But then later, specifically her father, Mitch um, thought that the producers pushed the narrative in a specific direction that was inaccurate. Um, They focused on her, the bad things in her life, the negativity in her life. Um, so I would say for me, if I was to guess her father got a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and was probably happy to donate, get, well, use it for this film. Cause I'm sure he probably got a piece of that as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure his reaction to the negative negativity in her life is more concerned about negativity that I saw of him and his role in her life. I think that's what he's more concerned. I don't think he's concerned about the drug use and the drinking no. that she did. He- I think he's more concerned about his role in enabling that shit and just, you know, putting her to work and like essentially pimping her out, man. Like this guy just seemed like the, the worst person. I mean, well, him yeah. and, and another person, but like, yeah. Yeah. He was a terrible dude, man. Terrible dude, terrible father from like start to finish. But, mean, she, but she, but she, like adored him. Yeah, like, she said on numerous occasions. If if my dad says like, first of all, she she's found like passed out and gets her stomach pumped or whatever from alcohol, 
and she should some people are telling you should go to rehab and her she's like well if my dad says i should go to rehab i'll do yeah. it and he said nope i think Not you're good. good yeah good yeah to, good foresight bro like yeah so Who, who's who's he sounds like the the colonel so I'm saying he sounds like the Colonel from Elvis, man. Come yeah, on. yeah. Maybe, well, maybe that. Well, I, I don't. I don't remember seeing any actual footage of the Colonel, but I don't know if it, if it's based on Mitch <laughs> in reality. Um, and so we talk about that person, like so. She had other people. I, I felt like there was no one, and maybe depression was more of a taboo subject at the time. Um, and, and people miss it today, right? Like now, I mean, even today, where it's like everyone's like, "Okay, is this person depressed? Yep. Are they bipolar?" Yep. There's yep. certain markers and triggers, and everyone's very aware of it now. Now everybody's oversensitive now. Yeah, but I think it's still missed. I think even yeah. then, oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's missed, and then it's misdiagnosed. But yeah, there's a whole other conversation. Right. This is like the '90s, 2000s. I think it was still taboo, and like people, there was just no one in her life to be like, "Are you okay?" It's like something seems wrong. Are you okay? Like, yeah. Not even just the alcohol, the rehab part, just the mental health part of it, right? Yeah, just <laughs> no one seems to be on, concerned. You know, making, yeah, I mean, because a lot of what she was going. I mean, let's you know, you can go right to the beginning when she literally kind of tells people, "I have bulimia." She, I mean, she literally kind of says it. it's like, "Hey, I got this great diet." Yeah, where I eat everything I want and then throw it up. I mean, and they were like, "We didn't think anything of it." Yeah, fuck. It's it's so odd. I mean, and, and even then, I remember in the nineties, like watching Saved by the Bell. Yes, Jesse. This is just I don't know how I'm remembering all these fucking names, but Jesse, the tall <laughs> white girl, has bulimia and she's throwing yeah. up. And there's a fucking intervention in that show from the early nineties. Yeah, but you're telling me now in the two thousands, like people were like. Oh, that's cool. No, man. They were willing, willingly ignorant. They were just like, she needs to perform. She needs to write music. She needs to record music. She needs to make money so that we can all benefit. Yeah. I think a lot of people in her life were like that. Now you have her yeah. friend Nick who kind of towed the line because he was her manager for a while. Yeah. But but he does say like, I, if you don't get clean, I'm, I can't I can't go with you on this journey. Yeah. Some of her friends that you see in the initial videos are like, I, I don't want to be there when you're like this, right? So yeah, there were people, again, we had that conversation, like, be there for her, like Yassine Bey says, or ultimatums, like her friends did. Yeah. And in this situation, neither really worked. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think it's because, one, her father was just always in the picture. And the other person we need to talk about is Blake. You know... Who was probably... I don't know. I don't know if you say more responsible than her her father, but damn. That dude was the white Bobby Brown. No, no, he didn't hit He's, her. <laughs> he made, but he got her hooked. Yeah. He got her hooked. Um, just and, like and, and and she says in one of the videos, like when they're when they're after they get married, they're on the boat. She got the voiceover of her saying, oh, I wanna yeah. feel like I wanna feel like you do. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? Like Right. And, Otherwise, and, you're and, always and, and at first, at first, I was like, "Oh, like, well, you're married, and like, you love each other, so I assume you feel the same way." Well, I think what she meant was, "I want to be on the drugs he's taking, so we're right. both in the same headspace." And like, her obsession with him, like, it, I don't know if I would call it love; it was obsession. 
And there's, one, and there's yeah. one point, and there's one point where I'm just like, he breaks up with her to get back with his old girlfriend, and then all of a sudden he's there again, and it's it, the way the yeah. film, the way the film was edited, <laughs> it seems like it's when she's you know on the, on the on, on the on the rise, and oh, I'm just like, and I was just like, when the fuck did this guy come back? Um, yeah, like how did that work out? So again, so again, like is the timeline true or was it edited that way i think that's 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 the argument that the father was making at some like for people's roles and like how things were portrayed i couldn't find anything on it so i don't want to go any further but the way this film goes it looks like yeah a lot of opportunists it feels that way and also sounds that way because she ended up writing a lot of songs about that dude after they broke up and it fits the timeline from that release of that album Cause, mm-hmm. I, like I, I remember listening to songs, and I'm like, you know, you can tell just li- without even knowing this backstory, you can tell this is some personal shit. And if you now watch this movie and then listen to those songs, you're like, oh yeah, that's that motherfucker right there. Mm-hmm. No, I this this is one of the reasons that like I was like mad watching this movie it's those two people in particular um because they were like actively harming her um and there's other people that were like letting it happen because they they weren't helping but they weren't yeah yeah, they you know it's kind of like passive passive aggressiveness of 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 her career kind of Mm -hmm. you know like well as long as she keeps producing and it's actually interesting because Again, this could be an editing thing, but like, you know, she seems to have an awareness of the trauma caused by her father, father's infidelity and leaving the family. Um, and I don't know if that was at the time, right? We're hearing these voice voiceovers and she's right. talking about this thing or if right. it was like in hindsight, like, but mm. it, like I said, it doesn't seem like she had anyone like she seemed to know that she had some emotional issues because of this, but right. no one else seemed to be like, are you okay? do you want to talk about this or do you want to talk to someone about this? Um, like Nick kind of tries. Um, yeah. But of course, like then you look at her attachment to her father and him not being there. And then like, I don't know why it's Blake that she create, develops this attachment to. I hope it's not like a Oedipus complex thing where like she ate the two. Blake reminds her of her father, but like it doesn't help that like he also abandoned her. So then she's clearly going to want him more. Yep. Um, but yeah, it just—I don't know. This is—we're right, watching a documentary. We have like a bunch of history here, and it's all in hindsight. So I can—I guess I can be critical, but like, well, I mean, then the question becomes: When, like, so when did they start working on this documentary, and when did they start getting all her, like, all this behind? Like, when did she make this commentary? Because if someone's listening to this commentary or that she's given at various points during the film, how in the world could they not think she didn't have depression? How in the world did they not think she didn't need some type of counseling? Something. Because she she spells it out pretty much along the way a few times. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my whole thing about this movie, is, which is, it's almost like she was in a lake drowning, screaming, and people are standing there watching her 
screen. And they're kind of like, yeah, but does she really mean it? I mean, you know, she could just be faking. I don't know. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to your point, you know, this documentary seems like it was all done after the after she died. Um, yeah. But she definitely, they definitely say on multiple occasions that he was very vocal about when she did and didn't want to do certain things and mm. like forcing her, like essentially like they describe a kidnapping scene where she like, oh, she yeah. gets drunk, passes out and she wakes up on the plane or on the way to the airport to go tour. It's, are you fucking kidding? Me? And her father was involved in this, by the way. Yeah. So like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. They, it's, they technically admit to a crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No one went to jail for this. Yeah. So so that's essentially like one of my what the fuck moments is her father saying she doesn't need rehab. Like I have a note here that says idiot, but like I don't think he was an idiot. I knew I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Oh yeah. And oh he knew. He's just a fucking asshole. He definitely knew. I mean at some point you know at some point it's just be, it's just blatant um disregard you know disregard for a person's life mm -hmm. and selfishness you just there's no other way around it i mean and your own daughter and your own yeah exactly. um, there's a scene at the end where he's i guess he's outside her apartment and he he looks like he's trying to cry mm -hmm. not crying he looks like he's trying to cry yeah. Well, and then you see, uh, there's a clip of Blake who went to prison, by the way. Um, Thank God. And there's a, a clip of him just talking about like, say he said something like, "I don't know why I got to a point where I don't know why I was even wasting my time with her." Yeah. That guy is oh, a good-looking so, guy. That, that, yeah, that guy's a sociopath. Yeah. He he clearly like had no feeling or emotion for this woman. Um. But let's, I mean, we've got, I mean, it is angering and it is like diving down this <laughs> fucking rabbit hole of like disdain for certain people. But um, let's talk about some of the positive stuff. Let's talk about the music. Um, the music. I loved, um, there was a producer called Salam um, and he recorded with Amy. Um, and I think there was something about her, the, the, the recording studio, not wanting to work with her anymore or whatever. And, and yeah. sorry, or at least warning him that like she's uh, an Flighty alcoholic and, and whatever. Stuff, yeah. And he was just like Salam saying he said he would like pay pay Amy to record because her music moves him so much. Um, you you, you wish you saw more of that <laughs> in the yeah. music industry, right? Uh, and I, you know, I don't think it's that much to do with producers. It is to do with the record labels. Um, I'm sure a lot of producers that work yeah. at record labels want to work with certain artists, but they can't. So right. but, um, I, I liked, I liked, I liked his role in this film. All I'm going to say too, about that is during this whole movie, all the black people treat her pretty good. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> is that dude, her bodyguard? Is he, he's Caribbean. I couldn't tell what accent. I was like, is he Jamaican? Yeah. I want to claim him as Jamaican. Um, he was, he was the one that was like, he, yeah, he, he talks about 
no, you, you got to be somewhere tomorrow. You're not, you're not going to this club. You're not going out drinking. You know, he was trying to watch your back. Um, yeah. I loved also the, uh, the, the way they edited the recording for uh, Back to Black. Oh, yeah. Because they go for her, like, essentially writing it with just a guitar. And then they go into the studio with all the backing track. And then they go to live recordings. And then they yeah. finish with her back, like, solo again. Uh, I just love they edit it all together. It was so smooth. That must have been incredibly hard, like, uh, difficult to do. Yeah. Because um, I mean, you that, had to get everything and sync it up and all that. Yeah, well, syncing it up and like finding the right footage, you know, yeah, you you want yeah. some good stuff. So, um, and then she wins the uh, best female artist, the Brit Awards in two thousand seven. Um, that was, I think that was yeah, that was post Back to Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I think I had another question for you. Um, oh no, that was the question. <laughs> I was I, I I jumped the gun. I was asking when um. When the fuck did Blake come back into the picture after they break up, and then all of a sudden they're uh, married? Um, and then yeah, I couldn't figure her, that out. I was like, and then quickly, quickly introduces her to crack. Fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck this guy. Fuck, fuck yeah, her father. We should have put that up there in the front of the podcast. We should have, first of all, fuck this guy. I don't know, man. Then I said there. I was. I was just thinking, like, you know, fuck Blake, fuck her father, but like her mom, like. She, I don't know. It's two. It goes two ways. Like, right? Her mom essentially raised her after her father left, so she, she loved her. But like, but she adored her father more. But then again, her mother—you don't see, you don't hear a lot about her mom like trying to interject and be like, "You need to stop this shit," right? So, yeah, maybe they, maybe they just left it out. But. Well, I think her grandmother passed away, and I think her grandmother was kind of like this major influence. Yeah, so she, she does mention that. that. She mentions uh, her her grandma was kind of more of her mom than her mom was as far as taking yeah. care of her. Um, ugh, the whole th- I'm trying to stay positive, but the whole thing where they want to go to rehab together. What? Yeah, that's part of that was one of my what the fuck moments. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And the doc- and, the, and the, the doctor, the first doctor was like, "I can't in good conscience." allow you right. to go to rehab together. It doesn't make sense. And then you see the videos of uh, them in rehab and like Blake is just like joking around because he has a yeah. song called Rehab and he's like, yeah, sing it, sing it. Where are we right now? Yeah, sing the song. Like he's just not taking it seriously whatsoever. Which I'm yeah. not surprised about, but like, yeah, she didn't need that fucking shit, man. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, for me, um, yeah, there are a lot of things you can take out of this, but I, I mostly took how brilliant her music was and, um, like, just because I haven't listened to the entire Back in Black album. I think I've listened to probably two-thirds of it. Yeah. Um, but there's, like, one, one or two of her first songs that I probably play on, like, maybe once a day at least just because they're just so good. Yeah, no, this this album is pretty absurd. I wish I could find it. I don't know why I can't find it. Track list. The track list. Shameless plug. Um, yeah, I mean, we have obviously Back to Black, Rehab, all written down here anyway. Uh, I think The Tears Dry on My Own is on that one. Yeah, that's on there. You Know I'm No Good. 
Love is a losing game. Is Valerie on that too? The same album? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just absurd. It's just absurd. Oh, and then like Unholy War, or some Unholy War. I, I don't think I'd heard before. That's I just added yeah, that to my to my playlist. Yeah. So yeah, this album is uh, definitely deserve best album. I don't think I yeah. know. I know Beyonce was in there. <laughs> But I'm sorry. This is this is just quality, quality, quality stuff. I do want to give a shout out to a song mm-hmm. that I don't. Maybe maybe it was on the uh, listed in the soundtrack. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if you hear it. They're like eating breakfast or brunch or something, and this song comes on in the background. Oh, I don't this see. Song's it. Uh... Uh, Maria, Maria. Oh, Maria. Yeah. Maria, Maria. Who's the, is that 311 with a Santana and Wycliffe? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I got my ears perked up when that came on. But you know, honorable mention because we're going to focus on Amy's stuff. Um, oh, dude. Mm. Maybe this is a what the fuck moment. Or it's, I don't know. But, uh, you know, when she's there to, uh, announcing the nominees, the Grammy nominees for. Uh, and then like George Lopez is like for best female pop oh. vocal performance, for best female pop vocal performance, Amy Winehouse for Rehab. Can someone wake her up and tell her around six? Drunk ass. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, she was like, getting she was getting her shit handed to her by a few. But like, that's that's not even like funny. I know he's a comedian, but that shit wasn't even funny. It wasn't even delivered with humor. It was delivered with like no. Disdain. It was just. If it, it sounded, it sounded, it sounded personal. It was like yeah, weird. like he did something to her, like 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 he did, uh, she did something to him. Um, yeah, because he 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 didn't laugh after he said it. He kind of no. just like you know. No. Mm. Um. Man, I guess. Yeah, I, that's a. I would add that in the what the fuck moments. I, I'm just looking at my notes and trying to find some positive shit here. Oh. <laughs> Because again, I'm going. My next thing was um, because they're talking about. I think this is after her death. No, no, it's not after death. But her father again is talking about like, he says we did everything within our power to help Amy, but you can't force treatment on somebody. It's Amy's responsibility to get herself well. Like first of all, to an extent, yes, she's got to want to get yes. better, but. She was so, she idolized him so much and said she would, if he thought I should go, I would go. So it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's his fault. It's definitely his fault, like partially. Yeah. Like he didn't do everything he could because if he did, he would have told her to go to rehab and like stay there and get well and get better and like don't come back until you're you're ready. Right. So, right. Just full of shit. The guy's full of shit. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Back in Black built her up enough credit, credits that if she decided, okay, I'm going to take a year off to just get better, oh, yeah. nobody would have said shit. They would have been like, that's dope, cool, you know, whatever. Well, they, they, they are talking. They do talk about, like, you know, she wanted to do, to work on new music uh, and then work with, you know, Most Def and uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, Always right. had to pick in um, his hair, drummer. Um, producer Quest Love, Quest Love, and and somebody else, um, but they were forcing and, um, her. To, they were forcing her to tour. Raphael Sadiq. 
Yeah, but they were forcing her to tour and sing no, the back to back to black stuff and the older stuff as opposed mm-hmm. to letting her work on new music. So, it, and they being like, yeah, the people, the, the record label, and, and then the people that just wanted her to make money touring and and get paid. It's too bad, man, because that would have been a dope ass collaboration, man. That would have been mm-hmm. a dope collaboration. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely want to focus on everything. She, so we're talking about 11 years, right? She kind of started this endeavor into music at around 16 years old and she passed away at, at 27. So within 11 years, right? She, she yeah. could have done more, but you know, she did try to like take time to get well, or just like not to not have to do music. So she released, didn't release that much music. She had a couple albums, but like, Again, Back to Black is just possibly yeah. one of the best albums. <laughs> Might be one of the best albums ever, yeah. Um, I'll say in the 2000s, just to, so nobody goes crazy on me. Um, she performed around the world. She won a Grammy and some and other awards. Uh, and that look on her face when, she's, when she sees mm. Tony Bennett announcing her Grammy. Oh, yeah. Like when he just comes on stage, she's just in awe. And then she gets to record with him. So she, she really accomplished a lot in such a short period of time. You know, shout outs to Tony Bennett, because he's like, for some unknown reason, a lot of contemporary music artists love recording, love recording with him. Yeah, I mean, after he passed, uh, I, you know, I started, I delved into his uh, catalog a little bit. I'll say I recognize the game, not my cup yeah. of tea, but, you know, that dude was, was performing until he died, man. Yeah. It's just insane. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. One can that was only like, hope to have that kind of career. That was just like two months ago now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, and then, well, I guess, well, we'll end talking about the music. Uh, but then we yep. get the, the, right before she passes, that last show that she didn't want to do. She got fucked she again up. told people she didn't want to do. Yeah. Uh, she gets on stage. She runs up and hugs one of her musicians. And she, so yeah. she seems she's coordinated. And then she goes, is about just to start performing. She just, she just falls over. She collapses and then um, just refuses to perform. Um, the crowd sounded vicious. They were like booing her. Uh, then you see all yeah. this media coverage about like, oh, she needs like, you know, I don't know. I don't, just the way they say stuff is more accusatory than. Oh, I hope she gets the help she needs. Like, you know, right? It just seems more like they're just as angry as the crowd was. Um, yeah. But she was essentially this is like I think this is sort of she's this, this tour where she's essentially kidnapped, right? So, um, just sad because <laughs> it, it, you, you know yeah. she, she she was addicted to drugs. I don't think that made her a bad person. Like, no, you don't see a lot about any any negative stuff that she did except. When she was really young, cheating on her boyfriend with Blake, like uh, yeah. I think I'll let that slide. So it's just like uh, someone that was taken advantage of and and in the wrong relationship. It's just it's a very this a tr- tragic story. <laughs> yeah, that's a, unfortunately the probably the perfect word for this is tragic story. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, and I mean again, we're just going based on this. Production that you know, by all accounts, she seems like a very nice person who 
is very creative, very talented, and through an association or two, takes that her love for her whatever she's doing into a to a perverted level. And yes, she should have. There's a certain person like um, accountability that she, but she's not a bad person. She wasn't like she was evil or terrible or anything like that. She was sick. She was a sick person. Yeah. Um. So, spoiler alert: Amy Winehouse dies. Um. And not even I don't even think it was like a. It wasn't an overdose, right? It was just her body. No, failing her, after. I think from that last the, drinking binge that she had. You know. Well, I think it was just the years of drinking drugs and then the bulimia. Her body just couldn't. Yeah. Um. So let's talk and about let's talk, let's talk about the music we we heard in this film. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to like about this music. I mean, you're talking about even the the first song. One of the first songs we hear, she sings. It's her her singing Moon River at 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, just sounding yep. amazing. Um, you hear like stripped down versions of like Stronger Than Me, where it's like when she wrote the songs, and she, it's literally like her and a guitar. Like she's singing, she has a guitarist next to her. So those are cool to see. Um, we spoke about the I Heard Love Is Blind edition. That was probably my least favorite song uh, yeah. performance in the film. Um, and then I talked about like that progression of her performing uh, and her career, like in my bed. Is one of the songs where you see her on stage feeling more comfortable, moving around a bit. Um, there was a reggae song. Did you? Yeah, I, I knew you were going to catch that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Chris is going like this. Uh, well, I don't know if I like it. I'm, I'm torn. It sounded pretty cool, but I was just like, man, why are these white folks always singing reggae, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was called uh, What Is It About a Man? I mean, she had her normal, soulful, like, jazzy voice on that one so uh like i yep. mentioned some unholy war is added to my playlist love that shit yeah that was really good that um yeah and i'm sure i've thought this before but as i was watching this um she she performs the tears dry on their own tears, mm. my tears dry on their own uh and i was just thinking you're all i need to get by it sounded very much like you're all i need to get by. I mean, it changes yeah. when it gets to the to the chorus, but yeah, yeah. She says, "Back to Black." She wrote two to three hours. It's like what? <laughs> um, you know, we all know rehab. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm no good. Love is a losing game. These are all the Back to Black tracks. Valerie, um, all those are played in the thing. So, I, if you are don't know much about um, Amy Winehouse. Absolutely, check out Back to Black. Um, yes, please. But there's like tracks that I discovered, you know, that are from the Frank album. So, you know, and there's not, it's not a deep catalog. So, you know, won't even take a day of your time to check her out. But an amazing artist, a unique voice, amazing writer. Yeah. And you tell, I mean, to your point, she, she hasn't put, she didn't, she didn't put out a lot of stuff. I mean, um, but, and that that's kind of impressive as it is because she became a worldwide superstar off four albums. I mean, that's 
pretty impressive. That's like, you know, it's like it's like a basketball team going 37-0 four years in a row. You know, that's pretty good. It's a tough thing to do, especially at that point. Like, you know, there was a lot of – I mean, you saw the – all the other uh, Grammy nominees for that. I mean, that they they weren't any slouches. They no, were, I forget all the people that were in that class, but yeah, everyone's yes. a home run hitter. So yeah, so um, I will say, man. Oh well, you you already mentioned you need to do the the Marley doc. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, you just mentioned like, you know, that the, the body of work you put out in such a short period of time, such 11 years. Um, and then I, I just think immediately about Bob Marley, yeah. who, who started around the same time, around 16 years old um, and died at 34. So he had a little mm. more time. Uh, but if you look at his body of work in that time, damn, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty absurd. Um, but like, yeah. you look at, you look at the notoriety she got, right? Fans loved her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't care. I think every white girl I ever met was like, like Amy Winehouse. I'm yeah. like, I think that's why I didn't listen to her back then. <laughs> yeah. When people are throwing that shit in your face, you're like, who? Who? Yeah. yeah. Um, but oh, there was one thing. So we didn't, we didn't, we haven't really talked about composition. Um, the composer mm. for this film was Antonio Pinto. Um, but I took notice at the end, uh, as they're you know going to the closing credits, like the final yep. Im- images of her, the montage. Yep. Uh, there's a song called "Amy Forever," that mm. really caught my attention. Um, I don't have vernacular to describe the music, but uh, that that re- I just for me like captured <laughs> it really captured, um, mm. you know, the story that was told. Uh, in the film, and it's just feeling. There's no lyrics. It was just like, oh wow, and they're going through all these old like, pictures of her, and I was like, wow, that just, just feels like it fits so perfectly. So, mm. did, did want to mention that. Um, do you, do you have hmm. any other quotes or what the fuck moments that we haven't covered yet? Uh, let me see. I think the only one that no, I think I, I think we covered everything. There's still, uh, yeah, I think we covered everything else. Oh, 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 there is one other, which is not really, it's kind of a timely now, um, but her whole, like, moment with Russell Brand, mm-hmm. um, I was like, mm, please don't go down that road. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I saw him, and I was like, oh, this guy just got lit up for a bunch of sexual harassment charges. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a couple... I think poignant quotes. Um, one I'll talk about uh, before we talk about our questions. I, I have some questions, Amy specific questions. Um, one was uh, Sam. I forget what his role was, but Sam was talking about Amy saying she she needed music as if it were a person. Yeah. Um, which I you know resonated with me. Um, and then her describing you know, her relationship with music um, and being an outlet for her depression. She said, I can pick up the guitar for an hour and feel better. Um, which I, I, I actually think I said this last week or after my last show is that, you know, I, for me, like music is therapy. So I, again, I just identifying with, you know, the role of music in, 
in my life and her life and the way mm. she describes certain things. Um, there was one quote. Um, I think Nick must Nick asked. I think he asked her, "Does she think she he, she's going to be famous?" And uh, she was like, "I don't. I don't think so at all. My music is not on that scale. Sometimes I wish." It was, but I don't think I'm going to be famous. I don't think I can handle it. I'd probably go mad. Yeah, I she thought was, that was she, she was right. But that she was, was a, right. Well, that was the one I was going to use to go into our questions. To lead into oh, my bad, my bad. No, but let's keep that in mind. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I, we've talked about what the fuck moments. This was one that I just thought like epitomized Blake. Um, there's just a shot of her. She's on the phone at their at her house. She bought the house. Oh, yeah. And she walks in and she's looking for something. And he just turns to her and he's like, can you take that call in another room? I was like, fuck off. I'm like, I own this place, bitch. Yeah. And it didn't be the way she listens, right? I, I would have just like turned off the fucking TV and told him to piss off. Um, yeah. So that, that was just like, I think that was just Blake in a fucking nutshell. Um. All right, man. Anything else before we get to our final questions? No, no. So cool. Well, then you you know you mentioned that quote where she didn't think she was gonna be famous and she couldn't handle it. Um, yep. My question is, um, again, it's, I don't know, maybe it's not as much of a question. Um, oh, she also says, if I give it back, if I could give it back just to walk down the street, no hassle, I would. Um, do you think she would have been? better off just not becoming being famous. Yeah, being famous. Was it worth it? <laughs> I mean, I think the obvious um, answer is no because she's dead, but you know. Yeah. Is it worth it to her I, and, and to us, right? Like we, I think it would have been got, worth it to her, but I don't think it would have been I think like you could you could kind of say, well, you'd be depriving the world of great music. Yeah, but if I if someone told me that was at the expense of her dying. Like if, if she, at the beginning, someone said, look, you're going to be super famous. You're going to all, people are going to love your music, but you will die in about six years. You know, I'll be like, nah, I'm good. Then I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a, I, I feel like I answered an impossible question, right? Like, do we get back to black if she is not, Addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, addicted to Blake, right? Mm. Right. That's a very unanswerable question. So, I apologize. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and one thing I was thinking about with her, like uh, her love for Tony Bennett. Um, yep. I was wondering, okay, if she hadn't died, would she have gone on a similar tour with Tony Bennett uh, and made albums like Lady Gaga did? Hmm. I don't think she would have gotten big enough to be on, on Tony's radar, but well, he was, she was. they recorded a song together. Well, I'm talking about like if she hadn't become that famous. Well, I, no, I was saying if she, if she hadn't have died, would she have gone? Uh, would that have happened? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think he, he like he even says, says uh, toward the end of the movie, he's like, you know, so he's like, if I had to talk to her one more time, I would have told her to slow down, mm -hmm. you know, because you, know, you still got work to do. Yeah. And he, I, I feel like he appreciated her interest in his music, you know, so. Yeah. 
and he was you see the the recordings of uh them in the in the studio him being so patient with her like yep. she she he's not even complaining she is criti- critiquing her own performance right and he's just like no essentially like yes telling her to slow down be patient like we'll get it eventually right we're not going to get it in one take uh, and he's just so patient like a cop um so he, he recognized her skills you know yeah, too like, yeah game recognizes game so <laughs> which is funny because like at that point in her career she should have recognized her own skills um mm. and then tony also compares amy to ella fitzgerald and billy holiday do you which, do you include her in that pantheon i have to say yeah I, like just listening to some of her music the 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 riffs, some of the riffs that she does and the way she can control her voice mm-hmm. and she can drop it all the way down and bring it back up like literally in seconds. That's, that's, I mean, that's Billie Holiday all damn day. So, um, I, she definitely had that skill. I mean, she, um, I, I mean, she didn't get to have the same careers as them, but if you, when we did the Billy doc, she, she had a troubled life too. Oh, yeah. She had a troubled personal life too that colored a lot of what she did. So I, yeah, I could see that. Right. Well, now you're gonna have to give me your favorite song of Amy's, right? We're not gonna talk about other other music in the documentary, and then the song you think essentially encompasses her life. You know, we're talking about usually about the film, but I guess we're gonna talk about <clears> her <throat> life here. So for me, my favorite song of hers is Love is a Losing Game. I love that song. I love that song. I can play it every day, all day. Um, but I also think it's the theme for the, her, her this, this film in her life, because I think the love for her father, the love for that mm. dickhead, mm. the love for her mother, the love for her friends, the love for music, all led to her being unhappy, ultimately. Uh, well, we have the same encompassing song. Mm. So, and I'm not even going to repeat everything you said. That's exactly why I choose it as well. Um, I, I see. I, I maybe this is the first time I heard it, but some unholy war really got me. So I'll make that my favorite. Um, I'll yeah, be listening. Good, I, I'll be listening I put to that, that down first. But like, mm. um, all right. So, uh, man, I hope we we don't have the same rating for this film again because. It's, it's getting a little, it's getting a little tedious and boring at that stage. Yeah, was it like four in a row now? <laughs> something like that. I, I'm just gonna rank something. I'm gonna listen to what you say first, and I'm just gonna rank it differently. Uh, what, what, what do you, what do you give this movie, this film? Uh, out of 10? Uh, first of all, I'll say that um, is as mad as I was about some of the stuff in this movie. I would. I, I kind of think this is a rewatchable movie. I think this might be a day killer. Because mm. um, I, I feel like there's still stuff in there I can watch and get more out of. Um, with that being said, I give this movie a nine. All right. So I'm changing my rating. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, no! Well, at the very least, I'll disagree with you. Um, just to make this more interesting, I would not rewatch this. It's it's too angering. It's it's just too depressing. Um, seeing mm. such 
amazing talent go to waste. So definitely not day killer for me. Um, I definitely think that, I mean, they did an amazing job telling her story. Um, great use of her music in different ways with the home videos, the writing, audition, um, studio concerts, whatever. Um, and we do talk about the sensationalism of drug and alcohol addiction in like the, mm-hmm. the Doors movie, right? Like they focused way too much on it and I think they, it was used a lot for entertainment. I mean, this is a documentary, so it's a different feel, right? Yeah. Um, so I won't penalize this film for that. Um, but right. you know, all, all those things being said, and of course her music and her undeniable talent. Uh, yeah, I gave it a nine too. So I just thought it was done really well. Wouldn't rewatch it. <laughs> I don't think I can take it, but um, yeah, really, really, um, and, and we'll probably take off that point for like not knowing uh, what liberties the filmmakers might have taken. I just don't know. So yeah, that's the only reason. I wish there was more behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah, more of the making of right. type stuff. So, so. but yeah, um, there you go. There's our series film that you thought we needed to do. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sadder for it. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, but now you've you've been um, motivated to re-listen to Back to Black. I don't need that motivation. That's on my. I go to the gym. That comes on my usual playlist. Man, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right, man. Well, what's 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 coming up for you, man? Nothing. I mean, I have some podcasts coming up. Um, We've got an episode that drops tomorrow. Um, we're recording another one on Wednesday. We're recording another one on Friday. So we've got a yeah, we busy have, week. Yeah we, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff. Um, and I've I did two podcasts today already. Um, so so it's going to be a busy week. Podcast. So if you like podcasts, make sure you stay up on the track list because we got a bunch of stuff coming for you. Yes, sir, where can they find all that? Juicy information. The track list podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah. I mean, same thing's going on with me, man. Uh, November 17th at the Delancey at 645. I'll be playing with my band. I'm going to do a reggae mm-hmm. set. Um, I'm guessing it's too late to book anything for October, so we'll just say I'm taking October off. Yeah. You're taking time to write. Yeah, taking some time to myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's that's it for now. I'll I'll be looking to book out um, maybe some maybe December, but definitely 2023. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Uh, this was fun. I'm glad we got this well, was done. This, was yeah. this fun for you? Oh, okay. I don't know what fun. Fun would not be the word I would use. Informative. Yeah. Informative. Sure. So, yeah. So right. yeah. I just I was I was glad to finally see why people were so excited about Amy Winehouse. Like why people are so passionate about her music. I can see why. Cuz she evokes a lot of emotion. I would even say you get a little of a Amy Winehouse and Adele as well. So yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about that too. Well, well, when she comes out with a documentary, we'll do hers. God, please be a happier ending. Um, Somehow, I feel like Adele's is going to be like a Christmas story compared to this. Um, 
Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad we did this. Um, we definitely have to do the, the, what's the one you said you watched? The Wham. Wham? We yeah. got to do Wham, too. Wham is definitely not, like, heavy like this. this... Well, anyway, we'll, we'll do that, too. So, cool. All right. Well, that wraps it up, then, I guess, um, for us. Be sure to like, subscribe to our podcast on all the usual channels, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Amazon Music, um, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. We're on Pandora now. Um, and then, of course, you can find us at the Tracklist Podcast on social media. I'm Darren Jenkins. I'm Chris Saunders. And this was the track, the track list. list. Catch you guys on the other side. Peace.